Disclaimer. Today we were watching the movie Old Boy, the 2003 version. And we suggest that you watch it, but if you're going to watch it, you need to know that it contains a lot of violence, it gets pretty dark, it explores some dark subject matters, and it has self-harm, suicide, uh, and sexual violence, along with some incest. And all these things are discussed in the episode that you're about to listen to. And I feel that you should know that before you walk into that. We all do. I'm not sure if the uh, if the warning was in the actual episode itself or if that was in one of the uh, unused bits. And that brings me to the less important of the disclaimers. The editing on this episode might suck. I'm sorry. Bye. I love, love you. Enjoy love the, you. Show. Love the show. show, show, show. Hitler! Syphilis! Oh What's Hitlering my syphilis? <laughs> What's syphilising my Hitler? Anyway, uh, is this audible? The sound of broken glass? Uh, oh, vaguely. Yeah. It's, it's vaguely audible. <laughs> it, it's pretty loud in my ears, but my headphones are loud. I, I broke one of my uh, favorite glasses earlier today. Oh, fuck. So I don't have a podcasting machete. Oh. I've got a podcasting highball glass. So, podcasting highball glass. Uh, Malachi and I showed each other our swords. Uh, I have a podcasting master sword. Hot. Yeah. <laughs> That's just incredibly hot. I I have a replica of a Confederate. Calvary general sword somewhere, although I might have thrown it out. Have I mentioned I'm a total nerd? What? I said I don't blame you for that. Yo, I apparently have, like, family that used to be Confederates. Apparently. Like, possibly. It's okay. It was the the 1860s. I'm sorry, it was the 1960s. Wait, what? It was last week? Fuck me. So I have someone listed as my brother on uh, Facebook, who I'm 99.9% sure is a Nazi, and the the margin of error is that he might have been reformed in the years since I stopped talking to this person. If it's any, how do I say this, if it's any consolation, people can be shitty people regardless of if they're Nazis, like... On today's movie that we're talking about, Old Boy. Not many Nazis in the movie. Lots of pieces of shit. Yeah, everyone's a piece of shit, baby. Just like humanity, baby. How do we know that they're not Nazis, though? They don't really uh, act like fascists. I mean, like... They act more like ANCAPs than fascists. They don't work inside the law whatsoever. Hey, what good is the law for, Zarm? Okay, listen. (laughs) Wait, Rylan, you're supposed to be the good one. Also, why do people... This is unrelated, but you know what? Fuck you people listening to this. You know, we're all part of a D&D campaign called Discordant Tales. I play a character called Rylan Ubu. Mm -hmm. The thing that I've said before, even though Rylan is lawful neutral... There is very much like less an emphasis on the law with Rylan than just like a personal code. Yeah. 
Like, Rylan cares about the law, but at, like, specifically, like, if he learned more about, like, why marijuana would be illegal, I don't get that. I don't, I don't, that's stupid. I don't, why is, I don't, like, like like he couldn't process it. Because he enjoyed his time smoking weed with Edgy and Winan. And he's like, how was that bad? I, I felt, I, I feel like there was less negatives than when I drank the whiskey. I mean, we, we're basing the character, like, I'm basing the character a lot off of me. So, like, I don't, like, see, like, even before that, I just, I don't see why drugs should be illegal. We can do a better job regulating it if we tried. Yeah. And just drugs, period, anyway. But uh, speaking of regulating, uh, let's <laughs> talk about regulating remakes. Oh, oh fuck. Oh, I, I was waiting for one of you to mention this, because I God. knew it was a thing for, oh, I so think, bad. longer than I knew about the original. So, I knew about the original um, just before the Spike Lee version, which is a Spike Lee movie, not a Spike Lee joint, get it right. Uh, he doesn't care about this one enough for it to be a Spike Lee joint. No, I don't know why Spike Lee did this. Okay, so uh, It's just bad. I, I, I can clarify. Uh, I, got, I said it's a Spike Lee movie, not a Spike Lee joint, because he changed the credit. But the reason he changed the credit was because the studio cut like an hour out of the movie. Fuck me. Because he made the movie like three hours, which is already longer. Like, I think the film in its final cut is already longer than the original Old Boy. It does a far less in the actual, like, showing you interesting things. Who'd want to watch a three hour movie of Josh Brolin (laughs) seeking revenge? (laughs) Who'd want to watch a three hour movie with Josh Brolin, Elizabeth Olsen? Uh, Pom, I can't pronounce her last name, and Samuel L. Jackson in it. Come on. Who would ever want that? I mean, maybe if we could get some, like, Gwyneth Paltrow up in there. Uh, dude, what if some, we got, uh, Some jade eggs. Uh, it's just, it's just, just, ugh, fuck, I stuttered too much. I, just, I don't, I don't think Josh Brolin is a bad actor, but he's not the greatest actor. That's well, like I, saying I'm not racist, but like I'm, I'm not racist, <laughs> but it's a little weird that despite making up only thirteen percent of the population. No! Yikes! Yikes! Ronnie, please say, please say, ooh. ooh. I'm sorry, I meant psych. Please say psych. <laughs> psych, ooh, racism is dumb. Anyway, but yeah, we're talking about old boy. <laughs> I think. Uh, I think. All, all right, so I, I think that we're probably gonna do it in a way that uh, I'll still sync up the pre-show and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. And that'll play, and then uh, maybe we'll insert random clips from the other one. But I, you can point, ins- I, you can insert whatever you want inside of. Me? Me? No, no. Us? Us. We are Borg. Insert peen. What the fuck? The collective. Wait, wait. How about this? 
No, never mind. That's stupid. Uh, almost as stupid say, as Joe Biden. Oh God, are we gonna talk? Or about almost that? as stupid as uh, you know, I'm I'm just I fuck it. I'm doing something that could have happened in this movie. I am now. I filled my glass, the broken glass, with coffee, and I'm drinking from it. That's, That's not, not a good, good idea. <laughs> you know what? I had to mention Joseph fucking Robinette fucking alleged rapist Biden. So, you know what? If I swallow glass, fuck it. I don't care. Probable. I would say probable rapist Biden. So Probable sexual assaulter to, to be. Probable. Probable. Fair. Probable is a great middle name. I think I'm going to name it for... Uh, I don't know. Joseph Probable Biden? Joseph Rob Joseph Probable Robinette. Where are my pants, Biden? Corn pop Biden. Corn no, pop no. on this stick, Biden. No, no, no. I'm not corn pop. Corn pop was my no, I'm not supposed to say that word. I'm sorry. I'm having a, a middle aged man I mean an old man moment. Were you about to say the gamer word? The joke was that I, I said the first syllable of the gamer word, yes. No! How much are we gonna edit out of this? <laughs> anyway, so my favorite Japanese whiskey is Nika. N-I-K-K-A. Hey, I don't care. I mean, to be fair... Hey, if I mention if I mention my favorite Japanese whiskey brand and they sponsor us for some reason, I'm going to be rolling in that Japanese whiskey money, okay? I'm going to have some Miyagikyo, okay. I'm going to have okay. some Yoichi, I'm going to have Takatsuru Pure Malt. I'm going to be drowning in it. Jeffrey, here's the offer, okay? Uh, podcast spot, one thirty second ad. Uh, you get 1,000 yen per view. That's I don't know how I don't I don't know if that uh I don't know how that uh like uh qualifies, Mister Park. Uh, I accidentally just gave you a thousand. I think I said ten thousand yen, right? I, I think I, I said, said a thousand. A thousand yen? Okay. That seems pretty low. That's yeah, nine dollars. Because I, <laughs> I I'm pretty sure I said ten thousand, but I'm not sure. Right 10, now I have my ninety dollars. Right now, I have my eyes sight oh, on a uh, two thousand uh, dollar bottle of scotch. But I so said like, per, I, I said per view, not though. So uh, the effect okay, of fine. CPM. Okay, fine. The, As, the that would make C- the effect of CPM I gave you was nine thousand dollars. Jesus. There's a there's a closed distillery on the island of Isla, just to get that accent in. Little tickle of it. Island of Iowa. We're supposed to be talking about a movie. Yeah, yes. we're supposed to. Anyway, <laughs> no, uh, uh, much like is... Iowa, it's filled with classics. And speaking of classics, old boy. Yeah, yeah. I fucking. I'm know. great at. I'm pretty good at segways. I think. <laughs> so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna I'm gonna label our our original pre-show the pre-technical difficulties show. The pre-cum. The pre-cum. Just call it the pre-cum. You're right. Yeah. Um, and this is going to be the pre-show. Uh, and then at about 11 minutes, 10 seconds, we're going to transition to the real show. And I'm going to say, and one of us will say something about the movie. Jeffrey probably. Speaking about forgetting time, you know, that hypnotist made our protagonist, Uday So, 
uh, forget about the passage of time or, or something. I'm confused. <laughs> Malachi, can you help me? Okay, so what do we want to talk about first with this movie? Well, first we got to introduce the uh, the movie title. Oh shit, you're right. I don't... Oh, Wait, fuck. we're professionals? <laughs> are uh, we still sponsored? Where are we? Did we lose our sponsors because we're using a different platform to record right now? Wait, don't, tell <laughs> don't tell them. Don't tell them. Fucking say that. Hey, hey, Anchor, I, I love you. I love you, and there definitely isn't any issues recording with you. I love I, you, I, Anchor Daddy. I love you. I love you, you Anchor Daddy, and I, I, there definitely isn't issues recording with you or your siblings. Speaking of daddy, loving your daddy. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, boy. That was not okay. I mean, mean, it's more like loving your dad, but also her dad becomes her daddy. Oh. And that's what we're going to be discussing today on cannabis, cocktails, and 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 cinema. We fucking nailed it, dudes. We nailed it almost as hard. No, no. Almost as hard as Tito. I was as hard as Thanos banged Scarlet Witch. I wasn't even, I wasn't even gonna finish that one. So it was super weird to me in this movie when, like, unlike Wu Jin, starts uh, cutting uh, Samuel Jackson's neck, and he starts, and Samuel Jackson calls him a dickless ass eater. I'm like, what does Samuel L. Jackson have against eating ass? Wait, uh, wait, Samuel L. Jackson's in the remake? Yes, yes. he plays oh Mr. G- Park. Oh yes, my God. It's part. such bad casting. Okay, bad I casting. wasn't. That's, that's actually I w- one of the things I like about the movie. I find it bad. I wasn't I gonna drink, but I now feel sudden urge to drink. No, I agree with you that it's bad. <laughs> I just think it's hilarious. Yeah, no, that's cool. one of those castings where it could be amazing, but it it could also be hilariously bad. That's the great thing with Samuel L. Jackson. That's the great yeah. thing with Spike Lee. It's either a good movie yeah. or hilariously bad. Alright, so... <laughs> Can so we this not movie... talk about Spike Lee anymore? I want to talk about Park Chan-wook's old boy. The one I like. Okay. okay Speaking I, I of the one you like... Your daughter. I mean, what? Or your fuck? sister, depending on who the character is. Or your dad and your sister, if it's the remake. Oh my god, that shit's so dumb. Yeah. Oh no. Father. Like Daddy, father. Starts to undo pants, gets shot in the shoulder. That sound clip of the kid going, Father, and then getting shot is one of the fucking funniest things that's (laughs) unintentionally hilarious in like a mainstream movie. Okay, so as as you hear him undo his pants. It's so Okay. As you know, I play the game Fallout from time to time. Oh, yeah. And I have recently found a supply of jet. So just to get me through that, I'm gonna... I need jet. So, um... Fuck. Alright, so... So we're gonna talk about how Wujin... Got his sister pregnant, right? We're totally gonna talk about that, yeah. Um, that's the only thing we're gonna talk about. We're gonna talk about watching a 19-year-old boy suck some titties. I mean, that's what else thing. is there to talk about? 
The only scene we're going to talk about is the one where a 19-year-old boy sucks a 20-year-old girl titties while they're pretending to be high schoolers. Okay, Let's do to be a review complete. of old boy where we just watched the sex scene 20 times ejaculate <laughs> on the second one. <laughs> oh god. Is yeah, this you're a good about- podcast? <laughs> <laughs> when this podcast dies, it's gonna ask Jeff, was I a good podcast? And Jeff's gonna get no. I was told you were the best podcast. <laughs> Guys, is this cancelable? <laughs> I mean, it's not like my name's on everything. Find me, cowards! You can't! Alright, so, uh, this is completely uh, non-sequitur, but uh, oh, did y'all tell. listen to the, uh, the test that I did for uh, our, our new bot in my Discord? I did, yeah. Did you notice that uh, I, I edited in a second, uh, a second audio clip that's literally just me saying, oh yeah, I forgot. Fuck! Do you want me to? Do you want me to tell you what? Do you want me to reenact my my initial reaction to that? What? Like, do you want me to? I'm gonna. Do you want me to tell you what my initial reaction upon hearing that was? What? Ah, this motherfucker! Not again! <laughs> what the fuck? Not not actually my reaction, but. <sighs> I just wanted to kick something. So, if... If we don't have a point of, like... Where we can start, uh... I... But there's definitely... Okay, okay, fine. I am now getting... (laughs) I am now getting advice. Please don't do that. Uh, our lawyer is looking at us very funny right now. Speaking of old boy, that was my sister. Jesus Christ! No! 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 I'm just being accurate. (laughs) Is this the podcast where we all just we all just die? Can we just do a summary of the movie? <laughs> All right. So this okay. Year, I'll put the gun. I'll put the gun down. I'll put the sword in its seat. I'll. Okay, fine. I'll take the clip out of my pistol and I'll throw my pistol across the room. If that's what you need, Malachi. Do you want me to do a quick recap so we can get into the movie? Erica, I don't have a gun. I swear, I don't have a gun. Jeffrey's got a gun. Alright, so there's this dude, and he's like, drunk as fuck, and then he's like, on the phone with his daughter, and then he like, leaves for a sec while his friends talk on the phone, and he gets kidnapped, and then he's in jail for 15 years, with only a TV to keep him company, and he masturbates a lot, and he tries to off himself a few times, that's what the consequence is for, and uh, he gets drugged and hypnotized a bunch. And then he goes out into the world and meets this really pretty young woman. He's young enough to be his daughter. Um, but anyways, uh, she doesn't have the same name as his daughter, so it's, it's not his daughter, right? And I mean, he was... I, I, you can get locked up for long enough that you, you begin to not think about it. Like, not once does he even mention, oh, wait, what happened to my daughter? I mean... Well, oh, it gets explained in that newscast that he watches where he hallucinates the ants crawling all over his body. 
where like they're essentially got she put was adopted by an services. Australian. Okay, yeah. it wasn't that she got adopted by an Australian couple? I believe so. Also, I'll wait. I'll just wait for that. I'll wait for later. It has to do with the newscast. I'll get back to the summary. Uh, then he get he plans his revenge. He has, but he's like told. He's like given hints along the way of what who his like captor was and shit, and he like has to do a bunch of shit and like a bunch of bad shit happens, and then he finds out that the guy who locked him up was this guy he went to high school with or some shit who like fucked his own sister, and this guy orchestrated it so that like he'd fuck his own daughter. Did I do the summary right? Yeah, uh, basically decent I, enough. I, that's, that that's a like a very quick. Not in depth synopsis, but that's what we need right now. <laughs> Speaking of being quick and in depth, I mean, well, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, fucking your daughter after fifteen years solitary. So that's, that's the twist of the movie. <laughs> yeah, which I knew about from basically the get go. I feel uh, like the second twist was better of why it happened. Yeah. Why? Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, oh God. Or it's, it's not necessarily better, but it's way more of a mind fuck. Yeah, uh, we can get later when we get into the weeds about Spike Lee for a little bit. I'll, I'll bring some stuff up. You haven't seen the 2013 version, have you, Justin? I've seen clips from it. I'm pretty sure I haven't seen it, though. I just, I had it in my head of just whenever I think about this movie, just. Josh Brolin? Like, I keep trying to imagine Josh Brolin doing some of these things, and I can't. Well, to be fair, they botched, the studio botched, like, the best scene in the movie. So, you don't really get to see Josh Brolin do these things. What's the best scene in the movie? I mean, I think the Oh, the hallway scene? The hallway scene that's done in Uh, one take. Okay, yeah, no, that's yeah. That's, like, on par with Sorry. The only edit in that in that scene in the original was CG, and it was a uh, when the knife when he gets stabbed, the blade is one hundred percent CG. Oh, cool! Yeah. Didn't know that. Oh, also, his cool. arm when the ant goes in it in the ant. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say something. Oh, I think the other scene that they botch is my favorite scene in the movie. Which is the scene where the reveal happens, and then you have Odesu beg for, like, him to not show Mito. Like, uh, they butcher that scene you because mean Josh Brolin goes full Nick Cage. Yeah, because like Josh that's Brolin a, that's just certainly like, a sentence. Josh Brolin Josh. basically just whines and like just begs for like a little bit, but like in the original movie, Odesu cuts out his tongue and licks. Like, before that, he acts like he says he'll be Lu, uh, Lee Wu Jin, who is the villain of this movie. Uh, they'll, he'll be his dog, and he licks his foot, and, like, to show his loyalty, he cuts out his tongue. Like, he did some actual, like, shit to, like, do that. And you, you can see his reaction based off of, like, when he's initially held in that police office, and with, with that uh, scene where he's through the bottom gate where they put the uh, food down, and he's, like, basically trying to crawl through it. Uh, you could see the reactions from there be the same reaction he has at the end, where he feels, where he has these conflicting emotions as he's backed against the wall with nothing else to do but grovel, which is really good and good foreshadowing, which this movie does a lot. Um, 
it's such an effective scene, and then the 2013 version fucks it up. So, uh, for a little bit, for for a second, when I was when I found out the uh, second twist in the 2013 version, uh, I was like, oh, that's a little more interesting because like it, it seems a little more personal. It's dark and unnecessary, but that's a little more interesting. But also, what? The, wait, no, this doesn't make sense because like if he doesn't see a father and his kids doing the diddly do, even if the kids are underage, is a bad thing. Then why is this a punishment? Like in the original film, the reason Lu Li Wu Jin does it is because he has an incestuous relationship with his sister while they're like basically seniors in high school. Um, yeah. and Odesu sees it, and Based he tells off. his friend that he's with the majority of the like a good portion of the movie, who ends up getting him out of the police station at the beginning. Um he tells his friend this, he's like, don't swear around, and then his friend essentially just spread around that she was uh, sleeping around with a bunch of people, and that she was basically like a slender whore, and it's, it's how he said it, and uh, and then she ends up killing herself uh, when she gets pregnant with Li Wujin's child, or as he thinks, a phantom pregnancy. I think that's bullshit. I think he just doesn't know how to cope with the fact that he got his sister pregnant. Personally. Yeah, uh, I I don't know. My my personal stance is it could be a phantom pregnancy. It could not be, but like, uh, you know. And and so the reason why Li Wu Jin does all of this is because he wants Odesu to feel that like rejection and that pain that he went through. Mm -hmm. Um. And like, I mean, to experience like that intense of a love with someone who's related to you, and then have that be taken away essentially and ruined for you. In a Not way, that I agree first... with Li Wu Jin, which is that's a fucked up stance to take. But that's why he does it. In a way, the first thing that you know, not the first thing necessarily, but kidnaps Odesu, kills the wife somehow. The kids, the kid is taken, like a year into this. If Odesu just got released, even just like a few years into that, you've effectively already done the thing. Mm -hmm. Like, because even from the beginning, you see he already actually, at least in my interpretation, even though he's missing the daughter's birthday, he does care. He's just already, how do I say this? He's already kind of losing the thing he loves. Like, you didn't need to do anything. But Lee yeah. Ujin's psychotic. <laughs> Liu Jin is as filled with that revengeous fervor as Odesu is, the which I find this movie to be an interesting way of like you have this like action hero revenge story, but there's two revenge stories. You have Liu yeah. Jin's, which I find to be more unjustified, uh, and then you have Odesu's, and they both go to pretty extreme lengths, one more so than the other, but th there's so many like nuanced and awesome things in this movie like one of the things i love is that yeah. essentially odesu and mido get primed by hypnosis to fall in love with each other but they actually are the ones who end up making the choice to have sex with each other they aren't hypnotized to do so they were just primed to start falling in love with each other yeah and, the hypnotist was just way too good at her job i mean that was pretty extensive priming of just like when she hears this song it's going to be her favorite song like there's that priming but 
they they both bought into it. They could have rejected it. They had I the mean, ability human, to do it. Human beings are very yeah. suggestible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dumb. There was this thing that uh, William S. Burroughs, I think, wrote about this weird experiment, I believe, or maybe it was even just a hypothesis based on a previous experiment where it was basically stated, you know, you can take a homosexual, Burroughs himself being one, and make them uh, sexually, like legitimately sexually attracted to a boot, just a boot. Like, th the mind is finicky with these things. There's not a, how do I say that? I've lost what I'm trying to say. Yeah. One of the things with hypnosis is that it never forces you to do something you don't want to do. Yeah. From my understanding of the little psych stuff that I've Because done this isn't D&D, there's no way to really force someone, and even in D&D, there's no way to just force someone to do something. Yeah. Uh, okay. I feel like I was, I was phrasing what I was trying to say wrong. You can't... I feel like the emphasis of, well, they weren't forced to do the thing, it's kind of like, yeah, but everything was already set... Like, you set things up already to a degree of just, like, they're people. People will do this when they meet each other, with the, like, occasionally, if there's a connection, yeah. you know? I, I disagree, because, for instance... He at one point realizes that he shouldn't trust her and leaves her there, and then eventually comes back, uh, and then they start doing the fall in love together shit. Like he is constantly aware at one point that maybe I sh like I shouldn't trust her, and then he learns to trust her outside of that. Okay, who in this, because I'm pretty sure at least one person in this call can say yes to this. Who in this call has had sex with someone they didn't trust at the time? Oh, I know this is an audience. Do you have your hand up, Ronnie? I've only had <laughs> one partner, so. And that's unless, valid. Unless you count a 20-second drunken hookup where we were both drunk and I couldn't get it up, I've only had one partner, too. Unless you count And that is also valid, off. Ronnie. Then no. Hey, you you've both had more partners than me. So and But we're not here to talk about partners. We're here to talk about old boys. Oh one of the other things that I like is um he's like, Oh, you hypnotize me to make me forget about this instance and he's like, No, you just no, forgot. You just it forgot. wasn't important to you. It's just like that That's so good. Okay. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. That's one of my favorite uh, versions of to me is Thursday or whatever the day of the weekend Bison says is. Oh shit, we need to review the Street Fighter movie. Oh god, why? Because <laughs> we're old Giuliani. Oh, no. Wait, what? Rudy Giuliani? Did, are, did you say Rudy Giuliani? No, I said Rudy. Okay. And that's why I was just like, I am very confused. What would Rudy Giuliani be doing in a Street Fighter movie? I need Besides that, fucking his cousin. <laughs> Perfectly on theme, though. Speaking of incest. Is this just you know the incest talk podcast? 
Unfortunately, I'm I'm I am now engaging my scotch. There, there are there are more things in this movie than incest. Okay. I'm I'm I'm, I'm engaging my scotch now. Well, I'm so, I'm just I'm still in shit posting mode. Uh, but speaking of incest, you know who won't make you have sex with your daughter? Uh, and services. Well, we don't know if it's Anchor, but it's probably Anchor, unless you're wildly successful by the time you're listening. So it's Anchor. I mean, it could just be nothing. I could get to the next portion. What's anchoring my anchor? Yeah! Oh, products! Uh, oh, hey, we're back from the ads. Yeah, so, but Malachi, you're right. There, there are more things in this movie besides the incest. It's just I couldn't stop myself. You know, that's it's you an interesting thing. Like, like Josh Brolin when he. Uh, that 2013 version is straight bad. It's the yeah. most nonsensical bullshit that butchers. I think one of the greatest films of all time. Yeah, I, I watched it in between. Uh, in between recordings. Hot. So. But so, speaking of butchering things, how much, because I know you said there is actually no incest through line, I, I forget who said it, but in the original manga that this yeah. is based on, There's no, does uh, anyone know any more about, also this was based on a comic, so. It was based on a Japanese comic book, yeah. And this so, is, I know, so this is even more, I feel like this is more of a comic movie than Joker. Because Joker isn't really based on anything; it's based it on a character. Steals ideas from the comics without like representing them correctly. But you know, old boy kind of is that. Uh, what I've read, I don't even remember the name of the actual manga, but uh, it's old boy. Yeah, um, old boy. The comic book the, film of the century. It doesn't have the incest parts of it. That's something that Park Chan Wook added because he wanted to basically tell a retelling of uh, the Oedipus story. Um, which actually, all right, I I think that we should do a little segment where you end it, but it's where I make clarifications if I know the answer. Uh, yeah, we should just do like a tiny bonus episode after we're done recording this, where it's just us ranting about twenty thirteen old boy. <laughs> I mean. Oh I think we can all agree Spike Lee is a good filmmaker from he time to time. When he's actually agree. passionate about it, he can be. You can also agree that he's kind of a dick. Oh, yeah. He's a he's a shitty person when it comes to, like... Okay. Uh, watch the YMS old boy because there were posters that were supposed to be yeah, made. Yeah, I was about to bring that up. That's why I said he's a dick. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. <laughs> and stuff that he didn't know about Garcia. And I, I, I took it personally when I read it, uh, because I don't know if I brought this up, but I, I'm actually from a, a line of Garcia's. I'm just like, hey, no, fuck you, that's my cousin. I, I I'm took very, offense I'm as someone who's done contract do work. He didn't... I'm very confused. He didn't want? what? I'm very confused. So... Jeffrey, essentially what happened is that this graphic artist, uh, whose name I cannot remember for the life of me. Uh, something Luis, Luis Garcia. Yes. Um, he was set to make some posters and was paid little in advance 
and was gonna pay paid mainly on the back end and he made like he spent like six months doing like these wonderful uh posters that which you can find online and they were like okay we're going and then essentially they were gonna pay him uh the amount that a prince like he would make in a day doing like principal photography for a film uh and so he's like no 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 i'm good <laughs> uh it was like and, and so they insisted is, that it was, was exposure that, that yeah, they were his, really his giving was, him uh to clarify his name was juan luis garcia yeah so essentially juan's like yeah well i still and part of the deal was he would still own the posters and so he at one point like lays out every shitty thing that happened with Spike Lee and posts pictures of the posters and then the post gets taken down by Spike Lee and then he re-puts them up later uh, with his fucking production watermark in the bottom of all of them like a cunt <laughs> and then he makes a tweet being like I have never heard of <laughs> like it's fucking ridiculous shit some shit. I, I had the fucking page up with me. I did not hire him. Do not know him. Cheap trick writing to me, yo. I mean, how do I say this? We're dealing with people that don't have to necessarily deal with a lot of consequences for what they do. So oftentimes they will end up just saying, well, I don't know them. And they don't. It... It's a douchey thing. But like when we're talking about really bad, fucked up things, focus on the. the bad and fucked up thing not the how dare he said he didn't know me it's entirely possible they had no interaction it's so fucked up that is a thing of that is a thing that happens with ego when you have success you know i i know i'm just saying that it's something that like sucks oh no this this sucks on sucks on sucks i understand what you're saying by the way as well i'm just I'm trying to words right now. A, per- a person like Spike Lee can go crawl back to, but I did technically not meet them, so therefore I consider this a win. And fuck that. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah, no. Spike Lee's a piece of shit, and he made a bad version of this movie. Yes, but you know who made a great version of this movie? Park Chan Woo. That is correct. Sorry, say that again. It's either I always get uh, confused with um, like southeastern naming conventions because I see his name as Park Chan Wook, but I also see it as uh, Chan Wook Park. Like sometimes the first name is changed. Like uh, same with Bong Joon Ho. Sometimes I. Uh, it's credited as uh, Junho Bong. It's because uh, I'm pretty sure Park is, is the surname, though. Yeah, I believe so. I, c- I can't stop myself. Mr. Bong. Um, God, we should talk about Parasite sometime. I need to see that movie. Same. So. I, I have access to it. I just haven't gotten to watch it yet. My unofficial stepbrother has has been a uh, was really has said almost thirty times you need you, you'd love this movie watch this movie 
Um, so something about old boy, there's all these like tiny things that I've picked up on like the six times I've watched this movie in the past, like half a year that, uh, I really love and enjoy. And I just want to share with the audience and you guys, um, can you turn that into a numbered list? What? Oh, can, can you turn that into a numbered list? Uh, I have scattered notes that I took when I was drunk. Just pretend. Pretend it's a scattered list or something. Uh, it's not. Okay. No one will know. Okay, so but the first say, thing. Considering it's your favorite movie, go off. Number one. Number two. <laughs> okay, so n- number one is just the brilliance of that first scene. So. Where, where he's in the police. Uh, I forgot words. I lock forgot up. the word station. <laughs> well, not lock. actually lock up, but yeah, station. So when he's at the police station, this shows a couple things that are really awesome. So one, we get some expository information that doesn't feel cheap or unearned because it just seems like he's overchairing because he's drunk and that's why he's talking about his daughter and um we learn about the significance of his name though which is another cool thing i might get to that after but um you see how he starts acting in captivity where he's like simultaneously like begging but also extremely angry which kind of influences when he's you can it's essentially like a precursor to the 15 years in captivity. It perfectly telegraphs how he's going to react. Mm-hmm. To it's, all, it's also yeah. fucking hilarious. Stuff, I was worried about mm-hmm. uh, our simul watching of it causing yeah. issues. Yeah, yeah. I've said, I said this, I think during our first go, I'm not sure if it's still in this, but it's not. But the shot of him with the four the three other people i don't know why there's just like especially from the shout like him at his most shouting in the police station smash cut into just staring because he has like three people who could easily kick the shit out of them around him (laughs) it's so funny um so something i brought up uh is the significance of his name that which um it means like taking it one day at a time which is peak irony uh given the fact that he essentially has to live one day at a time while in 15 years of captivity and he's essentially just trying to survive uh and after he exclaims that this his name is like why is it but sometimes it's just so damn hard and that's the epitome of his captivity is in that little segment and it's it's is, such a I, good precursor to the actual captivity. It, oh, I think it isn't it go into something about going quietly. Um, that's or was that a different thing in your guys in the translation that okay, we watched? That, okay, but that's not the translation that I I've yeah. used. One day I've at a time. The one you said makes a lot more sense. Also, um. When he's fighting the kids, in the version that I watched originally, it says dick shit. Yeah. <laughs> not the... Yeah, it's not the uh, other one, that which I just don't want to say. Not only because it's not creative, but because it's... 
ableist. Uh, yeah. I hate when I make that sound because people can unironically do, oh, you're autistic screeching at me. And technically be correct, I guess, but also fuck you, bro. That somehow makes it worse. It's like, oh, oh, I just, uh, good place meme. Uh, she's. I real. <laughs> Sometimes I, I can't help but just. Anyway, so, speaking of pain. How about those with 15 years of captivity? I know, right? Oh, dude. The worst part is that you couldn't jack off to completion. <laughs> the blue balling was the worst part. Was that was what was that what was happening or essentially like the entire part is like essentially how he's essentially living his life through the TV and then essentially uh he's like and my lover song was too short and she goes away and he's not able to jack off. It's semi comedic. <laughs> I wasn't sure if it was, and I came too soon. That's what the, my lover song was too short. I wasn't sure if it was literally. Yeah. No, it's, it's at the, uh, the song ends before he can finish. Oh, no. But Sad. Both Unsubscribed. That, both this and in the 2013 like, minutes to start. Come on now. It's especially egregious in the 2013 version. 2013. Okay, so in the. I okay. I, we'll we'll save this for later. I have thoughts on that. Um, so the captivity to me is one of the like when you when we get out of captivity, it hasn't even been like thirty minutes in the film. It's been like twenty. Like you essentially have about fifteen minutes where you span fifteen years, and you feel like you've went through this with him. Mm-hmm. It's it's masterful how you can achieve that much of like time change in that little amount of time and to make it actually feel long like this feels like a greek epic to me based on like how the pacing essentially just elongates everything and the with the time his name is like oedipus rex but also kind of sounds like odysseus mm-hmm. it's uh also after <laughs> after he's like trained through the entire movie where it's past that his knuckles stay consistent and that's just it's one of those little things that i'm just appreciative of because i know that there's a lot of shitty movies and just like even good movies where they don't keep up with that stuff but it's such a like minute detail that is always present like they have exact tattoos are always there yes it's it's just perfect I don't know why, but that comment makes me excited to have your reaction on our next movie. Ooh, do tell. No, don't tell. That's scary. Oh, true. That's Shane Black. I'll just say this: Shane Black is really good as a screenwriter of just setting things up and keeping things consistently paced on a mm. writing level. Anyway, <laughs> list. Um, uh, wait. Uh, I, I, I Sorry. Had a comment. Yeah. It's like your, uh, your, what would you say? And uh, <laughs> you're going to end up fucking your daughter. It's like we all fuck your daughter. Old boy, you'll feel like you fucked your daughter. Uh, what I like about that, the time passage, is you have this very slow start of times passing, 
And then there's more of a middle period before at the end when it becomes these years, year chunks, 10, 11, 12, 14, with more of like, like there's an there's ambiguous period between, I think it's like year three and year 10, where he's just not having anything to do. But once at the 10 year mark where he has a goal of getting out, it's more focused. I like that little aspect to that and just how it's stru- like yeah yeah and that's something that uh like i i haven't really put to words but the idea essentially is like the film starts to focus when he starts to focus and i really love how they did the like where the years are progressing but it's showing how he is showing all of these events that are happening outside the world that he can only absorb through the television as he's making his way out it's just really good <laughs> like it's, it's also hard to really describe surreal. some of the stuff besides really good it's really surreal seeing 9-11 yeah, yeah. That, that, that's awesome I, that because cool. i i wasn't quite paying attention when i watched the first time and i just thought wait a what huh and the second time Oh no, that's definitely nine eleven. I am kind of confused, but I mean, like, giant events. Event. Yeah, yeah. Because then our American foreign policy starts to fuck up the Middle East. But let's not talk about that right now. <laughs> yeah, th- this isn't the queer agenda. However, we're gonna call that. Please, let's or do that. Whatever. So, um, there are a couple lines from this movie that I just fucking love that the reincorporation in this movie is fucking masterful. Like, um, when he's talking to Park after he's, like, fought those kids, he, like, calls people dick shits. <laughs> and it's really funny. Like, he's, like, learning and reusing these things that he's learned throughout his time. But one of the first, the, the two lines that are towards the beginning of the movie that we get to absorb or even though i'm no better than a beast do i have the right to live is which uh we have that guy who's on the roof uh who odesu tells a story to who's suicidal also Uh, that actor who fun fact i don't think he has a name in the credits i think it's just suicidal man I think so. (laughs) But he's the only person who's in all three of the films that's part of the Vengeance trilogy. Never is the same character. Yeah. Uh, uh, Just to get that in there. uh, And two. But they play Uh, completely different characters. um, (laughs) Okay, so... And then the other line is Laugh and the World Laughs. Uh, with you weep and you weep alone that's it's so thematically with the movie of like so good um i love i don't know i i assume this isn't we're not keeping anything from the previous recording Um, probably not to just go for it um the fucking music in this movie is so fucking good it just fits. Um, oh, the fucking music, you say? No, okay, listen. The music is really good. And, uh... <laughs> God damn it, Jeffrey. <laughs> the music's really good. Um, 
it reminds me of how I felt about the score for Requiem for a Dream, where I fucking love that score. <laughs> it's so good, and it like it just fits the mood so well, and it just allows you to like get enveloped in the scenes. And there's also like limited amounts of music, and so you can have this reincorporation of like the gas music, and then you have the song that um Li Wu Jin keeps singing and then eventually happens when he has that vision in the elevator at the end of the movie. Um that's like these like swelling violins and it's oh it's so fucking good. Uh just as a huge like as a composer and as someone who wants uh to do film scores, this movie does like works with the score so well. Like the only movies that I can think that have like reach this type of like working with the score is like Edgar Wright movies because that man is like an editor's dream when it comes to how he incorporates music into his films. And then I you would ha- I would say Wes Anderson is up there as well. Yeah, Wes Anderson's pretty good at that. And I think um especially with the editing comment. Sorry. I'll be yeah. Oh, and uh David Lynch with uh Angelo Badalamenti's music Fuck is yeah. always- oh All Angelo Badalamenti a hundred percent. Julie Cruz's first album, literally lyrics by David Lynch, music by Angelo Badalamenti. Fucking mm. perfect. If you haven't heard it, listen to it. Anyway, be, I'm also, quieting now. We should watch Blue Velvet at some point in time. Oh my! I, I, yes, yes, yes. It's such a good speaking movie. of weird sex. Oh Sorry, yeah, that movie's know. weird as fuck. I love it. It's a little problematic, but like it's good. <laughs> oh, and it is very problematic. It's like a uh, fuck. I mean, it, it's. Okay, we could talk about problematic movies and liking them at another point in time. Uh, and Dennis Hopper. <sighs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we've talked a lot about the twist in this movie. Um, and I haven't talked about my experience with the twist. In the like, When you have that first meeting with Mito and Odesu, I'm like, oh no, that's his daughter. But I got so enveloped into the movie, by the time the twist got revealed, I forgot I predicted that. The movie you just predicted the first time you watched it. Yeah, I, I'm like, oh, that's totally his daughter, and then I got wrapped up in the movie because it was so like beautiful and well written, and the dialogue is fucking fantastic. That I just got wrapped in it, and by the time that it was revealed, I'm like, holy shit, I forgot I predicted this, and I like, I just got wrapped up in the like majesty. Like, there's a couple of movies that have done that to me. That's the first one I can think of off the top of my head. But it's just such a... It's so good in how it delivers it. It's Because there's a lot of movies where I'm like, okay, that's probably going to happen. It's because I know a lot of writers and I do some writing so I can see um, incorporation and stuff like that easily. But holy shit, it surprised me the first time I watched it. It was just such a weird interesting experience to be like oh wait i know what's gonna happen and then forgetting by the time that it gets revealed <laughs> so you want to hear how i figure out that it was his daughter mm. so i read the summary that was like included either somewhere on the umd that i had of this movie by the way i want the first my first interaction with this movie was a playstation portable umd um and, uh, PlayStation Pornable? Yeah. This is Fox News. <laughs> uh, 
and I was like, oh, is this, I hope this is porn. And I was like, wait, this is a Korean film. Just go on to sex.com, Fivehead. I, I, I didn't have Wi-Fi at the time. I couldn't. Uh, but the way that I actually, like, I, I didn't have internet. I just didn't have it on my PSP, and I was, like, in the room. Um, I didn't have Wi-Fi properly. But, like, the guy is, like, something about a mysterious woman and something about his daughter. I'm just like, oh, the mysterious woman's going to end up being his daughter, but they're probably going to fuck. <laughs> Keep in mind, this is before the Brolin version came out. This is when I was, like, 14. I mean, it's not. I don't think it's necessarily supposed to be a shocking twist. It's. It is a shocking twist, but it's more how it's executed than the fact that it is executed. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Also, just as a note, um, <laughs> I, I might not be able to get through this, but uh, considering how drunk he, Odesu is in the first scene. And what I can gather, just I'm not. A, I'm gonna assume he is drinking with like that already, you know. Probably. His sperm yeah. might already might have been drastically different, especially within that to the 15 years later. So it basically was a different person on a seminal level. Um. So an interesting. <laughs> thing, I, I hit my mic. Back, so I'm sorry. Um. Just another little tidbit that uh, I caught this time. Uh, that I decided to actually research. Um, also, you can all use seminal level in your day-to-day -day life. I'm gifting that to you. Okay, so in the apartment when Mido is chatting with uh, Li Wu Jin, who we don't know as the... who we don't know his name yet, and who he is and the importance to the plot of the movie... Um, he's chatting with Mito, and he goes, uh, he asks if the Count of Monte Cristo is there, the which, and the <laughs> Count of Monte Cristo, um, the main character gets locked in prison for a amount of time, and then goes and seeks revenge on the people who imprisoned him. Uh, which, which is a nice kind of reference style, um, thing that happens. It's, it's very interesting, uh, to see. I, I love how, like, how immediately upon hearing Count of Monte Cristo, Odesu is just like, what the fuck? Yeah. I was, me was just imprisoned. Me is counted. I can't say the word. Um, do we want to talk about the semi-problematic scene where Odesu storms the bathroom? I think we should. I do not want to, but I think we should. Because I'm going to give my quick thoughts on it. So. it's To me, it's kind of like the, the aspect of incest in the film. I think we'd be doing a disservice and not doing a full enough job of the movie if we didn't talk about it at all. Yeah. So. My thing with that scene is I feel like it's. It's a comedic attempt. I don't know how much it lands. It's. There's a lot of dark humor in this movie. Also, am I forgetting it wrong, but is she holding a machete? Oh yeah, because she's like, oh, don't try anything, and she has a hammer or something? I don't remember yes. what she has. Some kind of weapon. 
yeah, she has something to defend herself, and then she ends up hitting him in the head with it, and then he, like, gets out of the bathroom. I love, um, I, as another side note, I love the way that he, like, picks up his stuff and, like, runs out of the bathroom. Yeah, I like, feel just that like... Weird, that run. If it was in a if it was in a different scene, top top quality moment of the film. I don't know if that how much of that movie does it translate because it's a South Korean movie and South Korea has a lot a lot more open talks about sex than we're used to having in the United States and Western culture in general. Well, okay, I say the United States and Great Britain. France is pretty open about people like having sex. Americans are like uh, tangential a little bit, but Americans have this weird thing where we have a violence fetish, but like people actually having sex is like a no-no. You can't show that. Okay, first off, who is crinkling? Was that you, Jeffrey? Sorry, that was, I took. I realized doing this in a in a in a wool jacket is not necessarily great. <laughs> also, I figured, I and I started to sweat. <laughs> I realized that we can meet ourselves and that we can raise our hands. Where? Okay. Where? Oh, is that the? Yeah, that was the meet. Sorry about what that was. I thought it would just turn me to speaker. (laughs) Um. Fuck. Hey, weird question. Politics. Okay. Got it. Yeah, it'd probably be politics because that's. We're political people. Well, everyone's a political person because we're all part of the political optics, whether you like it or not. I hate when people try to distance their lives from politics because your lives are politics. Anyway, not important, not important, not important. Um, yeah, I find the scene probably... I don't know if the scene is poorly executed or if we don't understand it based on our own Western culture stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe... Maybe, like... There could... There might be an aspect where we're looking at this through, like, a 17 years later lens, where it's like, joking on sexual assault is, uh... mm. But I I don't think that... I think the intention of the scene isn't to be malicious or to show that that's an okay thing. I think it's to be comedic and show Odesu is kind of an idiot for trying. You can disagree with me if you want. I feel like that's the intention. Which again, not saying it's okay, but like, that could be the intention? Yeah. I feel like it's simultaneously... Sorry. Continue. I, I, I... I don't like that it happens. I, 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 maybe it's just me, but I felt like there was a comedy beat when he gets hit in the head where he's like portrayed as like this foolish character. Is that just me who perceived that? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I know. A pathetic incel. Sorry. Yeah. Um, the other guy is the simp. (laughs) Um, oh, Oh, by the way. I'm gonna start subtitling these, uh, and I'm gonna subtitle this one. Uh, Sip the incel. Donna. Oh, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pre-title them. Sip the incel. Donable boy. I did it. Oh no. Okay. I'm getting home now. I named the episode. We're done. But <laughs> I, I have also, I have a couple more points. 
Oh, sorry. Oh, no. Uh, if you have something to say, go ahead. I don't want to, like, essentially just be the only one talking. <laughs> I really like what the old boy, like, where the title comes from. Yes. I agree. Like, it doesn't make sense really until that last scene. And a lot like of, it's not literally that last scene. It doesn't make sense that you find out that they, like, uh, were both the old boys of Evergreen. Yeah, the Evergreen old boys, and they find that, and then they start, like, looking into the school stuff. But then that scene where he is, like, trying to convince Lee Woo Jin, which I think is, like, legit one of the greatest performances of all time, is, like, that scene where he's, like, in desperation trying to get Lee Woo Jin to not show Mito the, the box with the photo album that has like shows her life progression and then her having sex with her father um where he's like where he's doing the song like the school song and he's talking about like the old boys it's so good and like that's the moment where it's like this is why it's called old boy i think personally do you agree with me jeffrey i agree with you okay i'm that's just why- eating i am currently eating my dinner that's oh, why that's I was moving, but I I agree with you completely. Yeah. Um, also, the one of the things that I love is I was talking about the music, and I'm mad that I didn't bring this up earlier. But um, the torture scene with Mister Park, where he pulls the teeth, which is genuinely like unsettling to watch, <laughs> which shows kind of the psychology of Odesu at that point, where he's like he's actively working against him finding information by ripping out the guy's teeth. <laughs> But the music that like that tense like um like instrumental classical music is just great and when they do it again for uh when he's in Mito's apartment and they uh and he does the fake tooth bowl, um I believe what he says is that like uh it's really the uh, uh it's the anticipation that really hurts. Try not to anticipate, or it's an imagine, I think. It's like, it's the imagination of what's about to happen that hurts. Try not to imagine and that he's about to go into it again before uh, Mr. Uh, before Lee Woo Jin's uh, bodyguard shows up. Mr. Uh, is it Han? I think so. I don't remember. I'm pretty oh, sure it is. Mr. gets stabbed in the ear and then is shot. Because what's the use of a bodyguard that can't hear? Also, oh, it is uh, Mr. Han. Okay. His all I know is his equivalent in uh, the 2013 version is way hotter, but she's way uselesser. Yeah. Um, and then that hallway fight scene is very good. Um, I love uh, that scene where they're at the high where Odysseus at the high school and he's essentially chasing his younger self. Uh, and they're. And neither one of them is in the frame at the same time. And so, like, you have essentially him playing out that scene from his childhood. And then he gets to the point where we see the thing that happens between Lee Lee Jin and his sister. Movies worked in 2003. And I I started thinking about the movie with, like, the logic of, oh, de-aging technology. Oh, by (laughs) the way. Which sounds stupid, but I'm just saying that the performance casting is so good. Oh, the fact no. the uh, fuck I forget his name. Give me one second. 
um, trying to think of the lead's name, like his the actor's actual name. Choi Min Sik. Yes. Choi Min Sik. The reason, like that physical transformation that he does between the beginning of the movie, where he's that like baddish oaf, and then when he becomes like yeah. this like trained fighter, it's it's uh, it's. I great. mean, that's also impressive in the Josh Brolin version too, though. I think to a less literally just. The thing that I really liked is just the manifestation of will all my years of training finally like will it manifest in the in real life? Apparently, it is. Um, one of the things that I love is like I forgot about this. I forgot to write this down when I was drunk and watched the movie. <laughs> um, the scene where he eats that octopus alive. It's fucking brutal. It also gives into the psychology of that character where he's fucking like he all he wants is to consume death. He wants to know what it's like to take a life before he goes on this revenge uh on the person who imprisoned him and killed his wife. Like Wait, are you saying this is about Vor? Okay, fucking <laughs> no. I'm sorry, I just can't. <laughs> that that shot took 10 takes. Oh, shit. And it was done 100% practically. And the actor is a Buddhist, and he did a prayer after each one. Did he? Isn't he also like a vegetarian? <laughs> the uh, things we do for the cinema. Most uh, Buddhists, uh, I believe, are vegetarian to some extent. I mean, it makes sense. Is there any, like, I have a couple more points, but is there anything else that you guys want to talk about? Because I have um, one shot, that which is my favorite shot in the entire movie. Because that's our name in the league. Mido? Uh, Mido. Uh, I don't like the first time we see, like, any nudity from her is when she's being tied up, you know? Yeah. 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 It's a little unconsensual, a little, but I mean, a lot. Uh, yeah, it's genuinely uncomfortable, I but I feel like it's trying to make us uncomfortable. And no, I, I, I just I don't think they need to go that far with it, but also I'd I agree. get it. And speaking of that scene, uh, Mr. Park is, of course, a capitalist pig. Yeah. Fucker. The worst. Yeah. Also, I'm not sure. <laughs> Unrelated note, I'm not sure if any of you saw my video. I'm forgetting which one it was, but I probably the one in Campbelltown. I was talking about this giant agency in the world of Witsky, and I was going to call them pig fuckers, and I just stopped. So I just said spineless pigs. I came so close. But they are spineless pig fuckers. I mean, I don't care. They've, they keep suing random small distilleries. I, I'm leaving. I'm leaving that in. Uh, by the way, one of us. I'm not saying who it is. Do you say who it is in the video, though, right? I say who it is in the video. Yeah. Well, uh, the next beat was also. I I think I'm gonna make a Tumblr for the podcast and the other podcast. Uh, and uh, that's where the show notes are gonna work. And guess what's gonna be in the show notes, Jeffrey? My the link to my video. I don't care. Watch my videos. Give me those fucking engagement numbers. Like, comment, subscribe. Did you just say like, comment, subscribe? Because I can get behind that. I said like, comment, subscribe, Jeff Patron. 
I can get behind that. You know, uh, <laughs> like the sex. That's a really endorsement from Ronnie Allen, by the way. But yeah, so Mr. Park, capitalist stooge. Second yeah. thing I was just wondering about when he gets out, Odesu, and someone comes up to him, hands him the wallet and the phone. What do you think happens to that person? Do you think that person just goes on their merry way, or do you think Wujin has that person killed too? Uh, I mean, we saw their face. I don't think they have a name in the character, in like the cast, and I don't think they're seen again. I think it literally is just someone shows up, hands the phone over. Oh, I think they worked for Lee Woo Jin, and he was he was just like a homeless person, and he was just like, yeah. I don't know I'm who gave saying, it to like, me, I'm just here to give it to you. No, but especially if it is a homeless person, what are the chances that Lee Woo Jin then had that person killed? Mm-hmm. It's a possibility that they had them. He kills his own bodyguard. Yeah. But I really want to talk about that. specific reason. I feel like there would be another way to resolve that that didn't involve li- shooting him in the head. Lee Woo Jin's fucking psychopath. No, but you could still shoot him, just not in the head, because he's still got the blood in his eyes. The whole thing is that he was about to kill Odesu, and that's the exact opposite of what he wanted, so he's like, okay, no, you're being irrational, and then shoots him. <laughs> but, so you solve your irrationality by getting even more irrational. Yeah, because he's insane. I mean, he could have shot. He could have shot him in the knee. Could have shot him in the foot. Would have yeah. cut off him. I don't think yeah. it's the most logical decision, but that character, I don't think, is making logical. No, decisions. I under I understand why that character makes that decision. I'm just saying, considering that's where that character goes, it would not surprise me if that homeless person, I'm assuming, the person who handed over the phone, also got Amazing. killed in some manner. I wouldn't be surprised. They walk out. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, but like I, the I can... the body count of Lee of Lee Wu Jin to do this plan is kind of hilarious. It's great. <laughs> uh, the body count in the uh, remake is like forty something, and I think it's actually yeah. higher than this one. <sighs> Typical fucking Americans. Okay, what's I'm talking? Okay, so I want to talk about my favorite shot in the movie. So after it's. It's after Lee Woo Jin tells Mr. Park to not to have to keep the package closed, uh, and then he feigns to Odesu of killing himself, and he leaves the thing that he said originally was uh, to stop his heart in case he ever felt like it, but it was really set up to an audio system that plays Odesu and Mito fucking. <laughs> um, and when he's in the elevator, and then there's this shot where he's, I believe he's to the, if you're looking at the screen, he's off to the left, and then there's this empty space. And he says, my sister and I loved each other despite everything. Can you do the same? And that shot, and that and that line hits me every time. It, ugh. It destroys me. It, it is a great shot. Ugh, it's, I, it's my favorite shot in the movie. If I had to pick a specific shot, just because I'm, I'm relatively simple, although that did hit me, the hammer, the shot with the hammer, oh, and the da 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 da. Yeah, that's it's... my second favorite shot. These are, we've all, I think. That's a great that's shot. That's my favorite shot. It's what a good shot. 
also the end shot of him hugging Mito and smiling. Yeah, that that's was, really good too. I think that we're we're like listing each other's top five right now. <laughs> I um, mean, we're just good queers. Oh wait, we're okay. Just, we need to talk about the end of the movie. You're valid. Valid. No, you you're valid. Um, um because. We're we're all fucking valid. You know what? Oh fuck you. So in this episode it's part of a and that's uh, a reference to my So I feel like we need to talk about the hypnotist at the end because I think our original Most conversation people... is not gonna happen with it, so let's use yeah. it this time to talk uh, about it. But uh, I think this is where the audio really started to get unlistenable, so I th- it's we can represent a lot of that stuff. No one's gonna know. <laughs> oh, so, well, the thing is, I, I would I would use our uh, our individual input. Pretend pretend the other recording is our sister, daughter, something or other. They don't need to know. Your daughter or your son and daughter. So okay. So how do you guys feel like? How do, what do you think happens at the end with the hypnotist? So, I personally am just gonna go. I know it's one hundred percent Egyptian parents. Yeah. Having watched the film two times and now thinking about it, my opinion is, and I know I did bring up previously that there might be room where that the hypnotist isn't even a, there. But knowing the fact, because does all of the narration basically happen after the film has like, I think it's all happening in that letter that he writes to her, where he uses the line, even though I'm no better than a beast, do I have the right to live, which is, he steals from the suicidal guy, right? Yes, Yes. he now has nothing to live for, it seems. It's entirely possible that the hypnotist isn't real. And I think it would be a specifically interesting film if the hypnotist wasn't there considering some lines of dialogue where it could be interpreted as they're just messing with him by not acknowledging the hypnotist and only acknowledging the gas. And, of course, him originally only really acknowledging the gas. It would almost... I mean, the, the hypnotist is acknowledged, but it would make sense to me if the hypnotist is an added layer to it to make it more of a, like, a mental coping mechanism. Like, there could, st- the interactions that brought them together could have still been arranged without a hypnotist, yeah. I think. I, I think there is, like... It makes sense artistically if there is a, a hypnotist... And at the end, if it's just ambiguous if it worked or not, yeah. and even if it did work, it could have just worn, like, just the effects could have just outworn, or he could have remembered through some means. Or he could just feel like something's off. Yeah. I like it. I like the fact that it is an unease of just, we don't know what exactly is the, like, there's so yeah. much uncertainty. To clarify, I do uh, so that I don't mind mind fuck myself. Uh, her existing in the first place or not? 
I treat that as a yes. She existed mm-hmm. in the first place. Uh, but in my gut, I feel like she doesn't exist. At the end? In the end. I, I, so I think it's valid to think that she's not the end. I personally think that she is there at the end. And after the thing happens, he kind of like passes out and it's a long time before like Mito comes to get him and she's gone. That's the other enemy sitting there. Because he's like super cold afterwards. And so that's why I think that. And then also I think that it doesn't work because you have that part where he's like walking up to the mirror and uh, and she's like, the beast is going to turn around and walk away, and he's going to die. And for every step he takes, he's a year off his life will be killed and uh, or will be taken off. Uh, but I think that with that smile at the end, like that happens every time he does some sort of violence or he feels the revenge, like at the end of the hallway scene. Where he's like, where he like is essentially like looking up and like does that like whole smirk. I think the beast is what's left at the end. I I don't think it worked the way that it was intended to. Ba- that that on... makes sense. Yeah. So you're, you're. I don't have a specific interpretation, by the way. I just I I. <laughs> it's a scene where I just think about like, well, this could be. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Malachi, you want to hear something amazing? Yeah. And then that was your exact take, and for some... Ha ha ha, I have also heard this for the first time as well. I believe... um, I believe that's everything that I specifically had. Besides, please go fucking watch this movie if you haven't. Um... God. I also want to reiterate that, yeah, fuck Mr. Park. Oh yeah, fuck yeah. Mr. Park. Also, fuck Cheney. Uh, well, sorry. Uh, to clarify, I don't mean Dick Cheney. I mean Cheney is portrayed by Samuel L. Jackson in the 2013 movie Old Boy Reference. <laughs> okay. I I need to send you something, Ronnie, and my mind just went, just went to Conan Conan O'Brien screaming. Actually, fuck. I'm gonna send you something, Ronnie, and you should watch it. Okay, do I need headphones? Uh, it's after this. Oh, you can watch it after Why this. No. Oh, no, I'm cutting the D&D off. Hey, I, found, I finally found something I'm going to cut. You can cut me, Daddy. Because what? Uh, for the... I am blanking on what to say. Anyway, but... We're we're gonna do D and D later, and I am talking about old boy with my my good bud Maliki. You know who else likes old boy? Um, these products and services. These products and services. These fucking products and fucking services. These goddamn products and services that are okay with us saying the goddamn fuck word and being clear. Okay. So anchor. What's anchoring my asshole? This is gonna make absolutely no sense when we have if and when we have other sponsors and we're just it's like we're talking about anchor and then suddenly we're being like suddenly like a fucking Bud Light commercial place. You know, I would gladly take Raytheon's money. <laughs> um, Bud Light is pretty good for hockey bombs. If I'm honest. 
So, do we want to start talking, like, do the little, like, extra episode talk about 2013 old boy? Because we can do that now if we want. I, can, I, can I do the cocktail pivot at some point as well? This is, uh, after these products and services, Jeffrey will... Cocktail your mother. Hi, my name is Jeffrey Patron, and on today's episode of Cannabis Cocktails and Cinema, I made a little drink called Wujin's Pacemaker. Now, to make this, you'll need two ounces of sake, one ounce of apple brandy, the juice of a whole lime, cocktail strainer, no, shaker. Of course, if you want a strainer, you can use one as well, but that's about it. For an addition of flavor, you can add in a capsule of Johnny Smoking Gun from Two James Distilling to give it a smoky, almost umami flavor because it's a whiskey, a corn whiskey, and a rye whiskey that was macerated with a blend of Asian teas to give it a rather smoky flavor. All of this renders a really really tart drink and we'll talk about it a little more right now back to the podcast and we're back i think but i should probably i think it would make more sense if when we're recording if one of us just had like a loud clap noise of some kind of effect anyway doesn't really matter but we're back and Malachi, do you want to hear about the cocktail that I made for this episode? Fuck yeah. Well, I call it Wu Jin's Pacemaker. And it's an adaptation of a previous drink that was made for Alka Hollywood called Shuaz Shame. I cannot say the name. But uh, Wu Jin's sister's shame. And that drink was made up of two parts sake, one part blackberry brandy, three parts carrot juice, ground your ginger, you then give it a good shake, and pour it into a glass. I, however, went with a different method of two ounces of sake, one ounce of apple brandy, the juice of a whole lime, an ounce, not really an ounce, definitely not an ounce, a capsule of a whiskey called Johnny's Smoking Gun, which is a whiskey from Detroit, a corn whiskey, a rye whiskey, relatively young, blended together and then macerated with a blend of Asian teas, giving it a uh, rather distinct smoky flavor that makes it pair very well with specifically Japanese cuisine, playing off of the sake element, but really just Asian cuisine in general. Mm. With that, I thought it would bring out some more savory notes, I think if you want to make this drink properly, you should boost that up to about half an ounce. And I meant to add in some candied ginger as a garnish after shaking it and straining it. I forgot that. But holy shit, if you just make this drink the way I normally, I just made it by recipe. It is a tart, just Jolly Rancher, Warhead, extremely sour affair. Everything is just... It melts into these really interesting flavors. It, it doesn't taste like lime. It just tastes tart. The sake is the most most present. It's almost like a, a like a warhead sake martini 
if I had to describe it in flavor. But my God, like this is something you would do with shots, not as a as a cocktail. It was difficult to drink all of. So uh, I heard what you said, but uh, I think this sounds like a cocktail for me. So when it might I relapse, be. When I relapse, this is what I'm drinking. Uh, please, please, please don't. <laughs> I'm so sorry that I always phrase it as when I relapse. I, c- I mean, like to get more like dark. It's not like outside of the realm of possibilities in terms of addiction. But, like, I'm rooting for you. I mean, part of the reason that I say when is because it makes me vigilant about not relaxing. Can I send you a virtual hug? (laughs) Or or one better? I, I I know something that's one better, Ronnie. Any guesses? Are you gonna hug me in my server? No, I'm not gonna fucking hug you on your server. Hugging people in their in people's servers is is incredibly gay, and it's only for me and my wife. Who you're incredibly gay with? I mean, yeah. For listeners at home who haven't consumed literally all of my Twitch content, that joke flies over your head. <laughs> If your name is Jeffrey Patron, there's about a 50% chance you're deeply confused. And I exist. And if your name is Ronald Alley, there's about a 50% chance that you you, you think your son's gay now? Oh no, not my son, not in my house. (laughs) If your name's Malachi... You have a one hundred percent chance of hating twenty thirteen old boy. Exactly. Also, what did you think of the cocktail, Malachi? That sounds Before delicious. You... Okay. I will definitely, if we ever meet up in any form, I will try and bring some stuff to make that or something even better. When we do a, a, a uh, when we do a in person version of this podcast. Uh, in a state where marijuana is... I can't hear you. You're going through a tunnel. We have to do a whiskey tasting, too. You're going through a tunnel. Am I still going through a tunnel? Uh, yes, and speaking of tunnels, the 2013... <laughs> speaking of tunnels, Elizabeth Olsen getting railed by Josh Brolin. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> that was not okay, but also simultaneously very funny. <laughs> I Ronnie said something about Josh Rowland railing Elizabeth Olsen, and I'm okay with that, and I'm not okay with that. Um, yeah, I just hate it. So here's what we're gonna do. I like we can do this as like a little at the end bonus or we can or we can stop recording and start recording maybe we can just say old boy's good go watch it uh shit like that because i i feel like it should be the end end if we do it in this episode true you know Uh, i was thinking of like maybe we record like you know maybe we save like old boy 2013 for like a separate episode uh yeah and then the bonus comes after 
Yeah, so we could Patreon just... goal. So let's just uh, You know, we could put that up exclusively on Patreon. We could do a a a a, a early 2020 version of our of our thesis statements on it and Jeffrey can sit there being confused cuz he hasn't seen the full movie. I mean, I I would like to go and watch it so I can be just as angry as as you two. Because, like, from what I've seen, I am almost as angry as you two, and I have seen, like, three minutes of it. Yeah, here's the thing. I I did not enjoy myself watching it, but the parts that I enjoyed the most were the parts where it was old boy, but with actors I could meme on. I don't think Scarlet Witch was memeing on that Thanos stick. (sighs) Well, see, the thing is, instead of Juwan, uh, we have Chucky. And do you know who Chucky is? He's Tony Soprano's protege, for Christ's sake. Uh, who is that? Uh, shit. Uh, is that, is that the, uh, is the character Christopher? Is he not a Soprano? I don't think Christopher's a Soprano. It's a character who is not a Soprano, but I don't know if you can still hear me because I'm far away from my microphone because my phone died. I can hear you, Ravioli. It is not uh, a soprano. That's the main thing I know when he's considered Tony's protege. Uh, let me Google it real quick. Do, 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 no, do, 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 do. that word, Google. Gosh. Oh, I'm using that one. Brad. Yeah, no, it's Michael Imperioli, I think. Right, yeah. Who plays Christopher? Christopher. Michael Imperioli is Chucky. Yeah. He plays uh, he's, Christopher. Sorry. Yeah, you were right. He's very briefly in the HBO show Watchmen playing apparently himself the mayor of New York City, which is just fucking weird. <gasps> anyway, Watchmen's also good, the HBO miniseries, and you should watch it. That's an instance of a sequel being. I would say better than the movie, but you know what? Or the reboot-ish thing, also sequel. Uh, but you know what? You know what reboot wasn't as good, potentially? The, the thing we've been talking about. 2013's old boy. Yeah, uh, segues as good as the film that you're talking about. So if you want to hear us rant extensively on 2013 old boy, then fucking give us money on Patreon, please. I beg you. Yeah, that money. All right, who wants to? I I made the Patreon. One of y'all set up. The, one of you set up the tears. The other one set up the goals. Uh, my goals are to make money. No, no. I mean, if we make money, what are we gonna yeah, do? Yeah, no, with that's it? my goal. Your goal is to make money and sit on it like a dragon. I mean, I'm not gonna sit on it. I mean. Jeffrey, our... You can sit on me. Mm. So, I think it would be We want to give this motherfucker an outro. Old Boy's good. Go watch it. I'm sorry that I couldn't talk much about it. I need to watch it again. Uh, Old Boy 2013 sucks. Uh, 2003 all the way. Uh, but don't jerk off to this movie. Yeah, please don't um, off to this movie. Also, it's very good. I highly recommend it. It's my favorite movie right now. Like, like you're not uh, my supervisor. Like the boobies in this movie are nice. 
You are not my supervisor, Ronnie. Shit. Uh, and the women who have them are very beautiful. And like, if they're if they're nude in something else, you can jack off to that. But not this. Please don't. So okay, I give it. Don't jack off out of ten. <laughs> I give it a. Uh, I give it the beast over man. I give it a try not to jack off challenge out of incel v sin. I mean, he's. This, Wu Jin is literally like a just, just. If people were serious about that word, that's he's what that would mean. I know. Sucker. He's a sucker. Idolizing mediocre. I, I was gonna say serial killer for <laughs> mediocre pussy. Hey. Killer for mediocre pussy. If we get enough money, we will have a sympathy incel shirt. That has Lilujin and Odesu on it. Well, one of them can be Sympathy Simp, and one of them can be Sympathy Incel. Simp Who's go- Who's gonna be the Edward and or Jacob in this uh, Simp Incel war? Comment below! Okay, I think... Episode over. Yeah, let's... I'm Simp! Bye! Love you. Bye! Y'all valid. <laughs> See, now this is a problem. So I hit start recording, but I don't see anywhere where I can invite you motherfuckers.